0: Um, Could you turn to Hebrews chapter 10? That's where we're going to be. Oh, I can't multitask. If you could turn to Hebrews chapter 10, that would be absolutely brilliant. I hope you had a good summer. We had a good summer? Good being back in person, though, isn't it? Really, really nice to be back in person. So I won't be a second. You might wonder, why have I moved it down? My eyesight now is getting so bad that I have to move it further away. So you be able to, as, as the months and years go on slowly, the lectern will move down the centre aisle um, just, to, just to help me. I can't, I can't wear my glasses and look at you at the same time. You're just this blurred sort of group. So I'd rather look at you um, as it was. So uh, t- this morning, I, 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 really felt, um, I really feel God laying a passage on my heart for you. Um, I, I believe it's a very simple question that we're going to look at together. But I think as we come out of lockdown, I think it's so important that we do look at it and, and we do remind ourselves of these things together. I wondered, have you ever considered why we gather together to do church? I don't know if you've ever wondered why, why is it so important? Um, have you you pondered that? Even maybe as you're coming out of lockdown, does it does it matter whether I'm here in person or whether I remain online? Because let's be honest, watching on YouTube is a lot easier, isn't it? I mean, you don't have to have breakfast before you come, feet up, slippers on. You can be in your pajamas. Do you mean you can literally? Roll, well, I know some of you didn't even roll out of bed. You were you were there in bed watching participate in in church so why, why on earth go to all the effort of coming out it's a, it's a bit like online shopping or not you know why bother going shopping whether you can just use amazon order online you don't even have to leave your house or your home so so why why church why why come back together maybe maybe for you it's because you've always done it or maybe, and I know we're a sort of modern church, we don't have traditions. Well, of course we do, you know. Maybe it's just a tradition you've got into. Well, we're going to look at Hebrews chapter 10, which is a passage that answers the question, why it is so important that we go to the effort of gathering together in person. Now, I know, I know for some, they're not able to come back yet. Maybe, Maybe that's for health reasons, or maybe there's some other reasons, but but I, I want to encourage you all, I want to commend you all for being here today, I know for some of you you're even overcoming anxiety at the moment being sat here and I want to commend you for that because I know for some it's about, and for others of you, you're probably watching online right now thinking I would love to be back with the saints but but I'm worried about this or I've got a long-term health condition or I know for some of you, you would love nothing more than to be back here but you know that that you won't probably ever be able to come back because of certain situations and so please I'm not trying to preach this in a way to make you feel bad but I do want to remind you of important things as to why it's so important that we gather together and to be quite honest I'm really excited about preaching this passage and I believe that there's going to be life in it so are you full of faith for this morning obviously not faith in me but faith that the word of God will have an impact in you that's what I'm believing for. So, Hebrews chapter 10, picking it up in verse 19. Um, we're going to we're look at verses 19 through to 25. We're just going to take it a section um, at a time. Therefore, brothers, and, and it could also be sisters in there as well. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way that is opened, opened for us, Through the curtain, that is through his flesh, and since we have a great high priest over the house of God. This paragraph is a summary of the ten chapters that have gone before, so you'll be pleased to know we're not going to read those. We've just read these few verses here, and they're describing the greatness of Jesus Christ. I mean, there is so much in these opening verses, but I'm just going to very briefly, by way of introduction, highlight three incredibly brilliant things that we see in these verses. Firstly, we are to come with boldness and confidence. Can you see it? Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to come before God. Another way you could word it is we are authorised. You are authorised to come before God. God. It's like, it's like you've got an access pass. You can flash that pass. I can come into this restricted area. You have, as a Christian, been authorised. The writer is encouraging the church that they can come. They don't need to hold back in fear, shrink back. Um, although God is awesome, holy, perfect he is, other than us, we are authorised to come before God. We can come with boldness and confidence. Because why? Because of a new and living way. Can you see that? There's a new and living way. It is better than anything we find in the Old Testament. You know, we've been going through Leviticus, haven't we, through the summer. So we are well versed in how the Israelites would have come to God um, through sacrifices and laws and certain access things. Well, this new and living way is better. Better than anything in the Old Testament Jesus' death on the cross has done what no animal sacrifice could do his blood made open the holy of holies the place where God's presence is experienced I can come I have access and that's not just me that's you so you know you know we, we heard in Leviticus about one priest one time in the year could come into the holy of holies you as you sat here right now, are authorised to come into the Holy of Holies because of what Jesus Christ has done for you. That is absolutely amazing. This is what the writer to the Hebrews is saying. When Jesus was torn upon the cross, a new era of fellowship opened to us. The curtain that excluded, separated sinful people from a holy God was torn down because Jesus Christ died for sin. I know you know this, but I'm reminding you of it because it's so important that we're grounded in this truth. A way for forgiveness of sins was made, however bad you might have been. The issue isn't how bad your sin is. The issue is whether you've come to Jesus Christ for forgiveness. That's, that's the critical part in it. And lastly, we have a great, a great high priest. The way to God is no longer ceremonies and symbols, it's Jesus Christ. The divine creator, the one who's forgiven and cleansed sin, is also my and your great high priest. We are now the people of God. We we have a high priest who loves us, who gave himself for us and is interceding for us in the throne room of God. He is our great high priest. He's the one we come to. And so we can come into the Holy of Holies with confidence because we've been given access. It's a new and living way formed through what Jesus Christ has done on the cross. And we have a wonderful great high priest. Now this... I know, I know deep down inside you're thinking, this is really good news. You're not showing it on your faces, but that's, that's all right. That's right, because I'm preaching in faith that this is, this is resonating deep down inside. It's good news, isn't it? This, this is the foundation. This is the summary of the first 10 chapters of Hebrews. Let's just pause for a moment. I don't know. We wouldn't normally do this. I'm going to stop my stop clock. So we're pausing for Oh, I've just cancelled it, so I get to start again. (laughs) We're just going to pause for a moment. I just want us to pause for a moment. Let's just worship God for a second. Come on, now, there's our our, our, our hearts, our minds on him. I have been given access to the Holy of Holies, the place where God dwells, that place of intimate fellowship with God. Wow! And I might have just rolled out of bed... Rolled in here, I have access. Not because I'm a good person. I could be a dirty, rotten, shameful, sinful person. But if I've asked Jesus into my life and I've asked Jesus to forgive my sin, I can come not on the basis of my work, but on the basis of his. And I have a high priest who is Jesus Christ, who loves me who gave himself for me, who is right now praying for you. Not, not the person next to you, you. That is, I think that's pretty good news. And, and, and the guy who wrote Hebrews also thought it was really good news. Now I better start the stop clock again. So in view of our amazing position in Jesus, what's next? So if what I'm saying is true, what does that mean? What, what, what effect should that have on my life? How, what difference does that make if it is true? Now in Hebrews, this passage that we're reading, there are three let us statements that we're going to look at together. They're, they're fairly simple, but I want to remind you because this is why we come together. In view of everything Jesus has accomplished for us, This is why we come together. And where possible, we come in person because some of these things we can't do remotely. They're they're not possible. So what is the first thing? Well, let's read it in verse 22. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. So if this is true... What should we do? Well, the writer says, let us continue to draw near to God. It's like saying Let's you have been given this incredible access, now make use of it. I mean, imagine you were given an all-access pass to Wembley Stadium and you've been given this all-access pass, but you never go. You, you never go and watch any matches. You never go and watch any concerts or events. You've got the past, but you never enter in. This is what the writer he- to the Hebrews is saying. Look, look, dear Christians, dear church, you've got this all-access past to the throne room of God, so let us continue to draw near to God. Jesus has made a way. Let's make use of it. It's something that we need to do. Now, you might be thinking, well, how do I do it? Well, you, you know how you draw near to God? You draw near to God in prayer, in conversation. That's something that, that, that we need to choose to do. We can, we can draw near to God in praise and thanksgiving, adoration and worship, like I thought Clive led us excellently in this morning. It's, it's not easy to lead just on your own, and I thought he did a fabulous You know, job. It's not about him. He was just sort of pushing the door. It's our role to follow him in. He can't worship for you. It's it's not how good the band is. He he can get us to a point but in the end you've got to sing. You've got to express your worship and adoration. This is you coming before the throne of grace with boldness and confidence. When we gather together we express our dependence on Jesus. Oh, I need you, Jesus. I need you, Jesus, for my Monday as much as my Sunday. This is where we get to use spiritual gifts. We didn't have really any operating from the the church this morning. Not yet, but we might have later. Stir up those spiritual gifts that are within you, because we're blessed as you do it. It's where we do one another stuff. We can encourage one another. We We can support one another. It's as we minister to God and one another. As we gather at church, you know we gather as ministers. It's like the priest in the temple. The priest in the old covenant would minister to God and would minister to the people. We, because we're all priests here, we minister to God. We give something to him, but we also are here to give something to one another as well. This is so, so it's wonderful when I worship God and I sense God's love. That is a wonderful thing, but I'm not predominantly coming to sense God. I'm coming to minister to God, to give Him something because He's worthy. And as you gather together, that's why you're coming. It's not not to, to no, just, you know, it's not to sense something. Although I believe as we do that, we will. Do, do you hear what I'm saying? Our responsibility is to give God the worship and the glory that He. Deserves. I'm gonna jump through a little bit. And there is a slight difference. Can I say this? There is a slight difference between gathering with the church and drawing near to God. So you can you can gather with the saints here, and this is wonderful, and I want to encourage you to keep doing it. But once here, We then have a responsibility to draw near to God. That takes faith. That takes activity on our part. So the reality is this morning that you could have two people sat next to one another. One has drawn near to God with confidence and the other has watched what's going on. You you hear what I'm saying? There There is a difference. It takes faith. It takes participation. Part of my role and Paul's role and Ali's role and others is to give you the opportunity and to draw out that you may participate in glorifying God. Brilliant. So first thing, let us draw near to God. Secondly, let us continue to hold fast. So it says in Hebrews 10 verse 23, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful. We need to hold fast to what we know about God. We need to hold fast to what we know about our salvation. We need to hold fast to what we know about our position in Christ, the work of the Spirit. There's a whole lot of things, but there's something of holding fast. Now, I'm holding fast to my mobile phone. And if one of you wants to grab it, you've got to be littler than me because I wouldn't take on anyone bigger than me. But if you want my phone, you're going to have to wrestle this out of my hand. I'm holding fast, I'm not going to drop it. Now if I walk around with my phone like that, you know, how, how easy it can slip out of my hand. How easily I can put it down. Can you see the words there the writers used? Hold fast to the confession. That It's an active thing. If you're not actively aware you're holding fast to your confession, you probably aren't. You know, it's like, have you ever met those people, not me, but you ever met those people, they always losing stuff. They're not holding fast to it. Has anyone seen my phone? I've I've put it down somewhere. Actually, I lost my pen recently. My dear, dear pen. It was very precious to me. It's not funny. I had it for I've had it for 20 years. And I wasn't holding fast to it. And I've lost it. I'm heartbroken. Why do I just feel you're mocking me? I just—I'm not getting—I'm not getting any sympathy from you, really. This is the but I can tell your heart's not in it. But, but I, I didn't—I wasn't holding fast. Are you—are you holding fast to the truth of the Word of God, without wavering, without swerving? What, what, that's why we—that's why we do give good time to preaching the Word of God on Sundays. Because we as a church, as a community, we hold fast together. That's why we look at it in our connect groups. Why? Because we're holding fast to the word of God. That's why I would encourage you to, um, uh, if, you even, if you haven't started yet, reading God's word together, a, a daily Bible reading plan we've been going through since January. Why have we put so much effort and emphasis on it? Because we want you to hold fast We want you to hold fast to the word of God. Are there truths from scripture, and they can only be a few, they might only be a few words long, that you are holding fast to, and they are like anchor points in your life at the moment, getting you you through what you're facing? I I, I would imagine most of you have got some of those, and if you haven't, hold fast. Hold fast to the confession of your faith. And I'm saying continue to hold fast because you're brilliant. You, you are a church of the word, but we need to be more and more. What are those passages? What are those, what are those stories? What are those verses that you are clinging on to that are shaping you? Just a few comments on this. I reckon right throughout church history, most people have imagined they're holding fast to the word of God, but many haven't been. So it's good just to pause for a moment and think, am I? Am I holding fast to scripture? Secondly, theology must be worked out. Truth of the word of God must be worked out in community. You can't just do it on your own, in your bedroom, with your Bible. It gets worked out in community. That's where we rub each other up the wrong way and we open up our lives to one another and God speaks and does the Bible mean that and does it mean the other? So we we need to work it out in community and that's just another comment. I've already said this, it's it's active not passive you also need to be discerning, are you holding on to the right stuff? the truth is, and this will come as an amazing shot to you the guys that preach in this church are not the best preachers that there are There's, there's a lot better preachers out there and you'll find loads of them on the internet but when it comes to preaching the Word of God it's not about being the best It's about being faithful to the Word of God, and it's about knowing those that teach the Word of God to you that you can see the outcome of their way of life. So you'll learn a lot of stuff on the internet, but the question I've got for you is, do you know the outcome of their way of life? And if you don't, hold what they say loosely, however well they communicate it, because truth always has to be worked out in community now we're not perfect by a long shot any of you that have been around this morning will know that but but there is something about relationship and those that share the word of God which is so very, very important please remember we're in a war zone we have an enemy who hates us he hates you that's why we hold firm to our confession of faith because we have an enemy who hates you and he wants to kill you He wants your faith killed and destroyed. So we need to hold firm to the word of truth. And the last thing I just want to say, and you might think, cool, you're all a bit over the top. Well, maybe, but it's what the Bible says. And it's true, you're in a battle. Where do you think those random thoughts come from the moment you wake up that are negative and destructive? Where do they come from? They come from the enemy because he hates you. So when you wake up first thing in the morning and your head is flooded with negative thoughts, it's time to do battle, it's time to go to war, because you follow Jesus, he's your great high priest. And the last thing just in this little subject I just want to say is, look, wherever you live, whatever you watch, you listen to, you read, it does stuff to you, it's not neutral. Everything is either positive into your life or negative. So your social media feed, what is it doing to you? You might think, no, no, i just read it for entertainment. Don't be so daft. It isn't just entertainment. What, what's your favorite soap? Or the thing you're watching on TV? What's, your, what's the thing you're binge, binge watching at the moment? It's doing something to you. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't watch anything or have social media. I'm not saying that. But wise up to think it's doing something to you. It is either strengthening you in your walk with God or it is undermining your faith. So let me ask you, what are you holding fast to? Are you holding fast to your confession of faith? Or are you holding fast to that that series you're binge watching at the moment? And that's the thing you've got to watch every night. You didn't realise it, but you really are drawn to keep coming back again and again and again. What's it doing to you? What what, what thoughts are coming in? What temptations are being uh, put, seeds of temptation put in? That's just the truth of it. Is your social media feed just making you feel rubbish? Well, come off it. And ask God for grace on a daily basis to not need the social media feed because face-to-face friendship and your walk with Jesus is what you need. You don't need to be made to feel rubbish every day because everyone seems to have this perfect life, which isn't true anyway. What are you holding fast to? Can I say with respect, please, and and I I don't want to make anyone feel bad here, are you holding fast to fear? This this pandemic is massively serious and it has had devastating effects on so many situations and so many lives. But one of the negative things that it has bred is fear. And some of the fear is irrational. Not all of it, but some of it is. So if you are fearful, if it's affecting how you live your life, just bring it to God, think it through. It may be a totally rational, right fear, that's fine. But you may find that that actually it's getting a grip of you in a way that's unhealthy you need to bring this fear to Jesus and get some good advice what, what does it look like to work that out you know what I'm meaning by that does that make sense so I'm not saying I'm not not trying to make anyone feel condemned or anything if you're feeling fear because it could be right and rational but there has been an explosion of fear through this pandemic sorry I didn't expect to go on as long on that one And then lastly, and probably actually if I'm honest this is the most important one, is let us keep on caring. Let us keep on caring. And it says in verse 24 and 25, Let us consider how to stir one another up to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another, and all the more as we see the day drawing near. This can be summed up as caring for one another. It, caring for one another finds expression in love and good works and mutual encouragement. That active gatherings allow to happen. You see, you can't do all that stuff online, can you? I, I can't encourage you if I'm watching a YouTube channel. But I can encourage you while having a coffee after the meeting or, or beforehand. And actual fact, sometimes encouragement isn't even active. It's, it's, sometimes I just look at people and I see them worshipping Jesus, or I see the fact they're here, that encourages me. You're here, it encourages me. That's really good news. And and encouragement comes in all sorts of different forms. Me and Chloe were walking along the seafront um, about 8 o'clock last night, and we we met a dear lady from the church, and we were just chatting away. And then she just started to pour encouragement into us. And she did it for about three, four minutes. She didn't know she was going to meet us, but she just encouraged us. We went away. I, was, I wasn't skipping down the seafront because it wouldn't suit my personality. But inside, I was skipping down the seafront. Do you know? What I mean? You're all envisioning what, what, what would it look like for Paul to skip down the seafront. Anyway, but you know what I mean. It, it, there is so not much negativity that just a few words of encouragement can make a world of difference. There's a a phrase in here, there's a phrase in here, I love this. It says, what, what does it say? It says, and consider how we may stir one another up to love and good works. Now that word stir is only used in one other place in the New Testament. It's in Acts, where Paul and Barnabas have a sharp disagreement. They have a sharp disagreement. So here it's used positively. What would it look like for you to stir someone else up to love and good works? To have an what what's the phrase I'm looking for? A, a outburst of love. What would it look like for you to stir someone up to have an outburst of love? Did you can imagine that. Not an outburst of anger, but an outburst of love. This is what the Hebrews writer is encouraging us. So even in coffee, so you've got some homework in a minute, over coffee, what will it look like for you to encourage, to stir someone? To an outburst, not of anger, but of love and good works. And the truth is, isn't it, love is predominantly expressed in good works. Jesus, when he wanted to um, show the extent of his love to his disciples, what did he do? He washed their feet. So every time someone puts the chairs out, they're expressing love for the body. Every time they serve on the coffee team and do the very best they can to give you a good cup of coffee, they're expressing their love to you. Those amazing folk in the children's work, what are they doing? They're expressing love both for the kids but for the mums and dads because they want you to be in the main auditorium. So if you love the church, you need to express it in a practical way. Now, as you're coming back in, I know for some of you, you're finding your feet. But truth is, I've had conversations with Kate Thurston in the last couple of weeks about whether we can run kids work every week. Because at the moment, we don't have enough people expressing love for the church in serving in kids work. We've got many, but we don't have enough at the moment. And, and I think that would be replicated right across the church in all the different teams. Again, I'm not saying it to make you feel bad. That's just the truth. And that is nationwide. Church is regathering, and people are, and, and rightly so, you're thinking, well, do I want to serve here? Do I want to serve somewhere different? I don't think it matters where you do, but just ex- give, give your love for the church hands and feet. Allow it to get expressed. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, just let you pause and and ponder that how can you stir one another up I've got to finish I'm going way way over Um, and and, and probably my last point it's interesting it says there doesn't it about um, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some now what's the opposite of not meeting no no it was a trick question do I get a chocolate bar Um. (laughs) no The opposite of not meeting is encouraging one another, according to that phrase. So we, we it's not just about attending, it's about encouraging. Can you see? So if you don't gather together, you can't encourage. That's what the writer to the Hebrews is concerned about. But w- when we are here, that gives us a platform to pour courage into one another. So look, church, as we gather together... I know, I know it's been uh, provoking, uh, I certainly hope it has been what I've been sharing, but as we gather, let us, corporately together, let us continue to draw near to God. Let's be active in it. Let us continue to hold fast to the hope, to, to the hope of our confession. And let us keep on caring for one another. Clive, can I ask you to come back and um, do something, which I don't know what we're going to do yet. Why don't we just, just with those three things up on the, the, the screen, why don't you just pause for a moment? I'll give you a chance just to think. Elliot, I think I'll get you to lead us in bread and wine, if that's all right. Lord, I, I thank you so much for this wonderful church. Thank you. I, thank you. The, the, reason, the reason I said let us continue is because, because we've, we're really good at it anyway. But Lord, I pray, please would you help us to get better at it. Lord, I pray, would you help us to be active in our drawing near to you. I pray, Lord God, that as we gather together, we would continue to really honour your word among us. We, we will, but I pray as individuals we would continue to honour your word in our own lives. And I pray, Lord, that as we gather, we'd continue to keep caring for one another, that we'd be really good at giving it um, uh, feet and hands. Lord God, that it would be seen in many, many different ways, I pray. Lord, thank you for your grace. Thank you for your kindness to us.